Liberty and beyond. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. I think I was poisoned before the hit. V, who was the target? The grand honcho of the Yakuza. How much time do I have? 14 hours, maybe 15. Keith, it's gonna be okay. You won't get any more questions from me after today. Kate. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. And this episode we are talking about Kate, the new Netflix action thriller, which just dropped this week, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, in a movie you've seen before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> A few, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Wick, Gunpowder Milkshake, Kill Bill. Atomic Blonde. Crank. Yep. yep. Crank 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. This is... Look, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was okay. Yeah, but, but calling a derivative is an understatement. Well, I guess now we have to say that that's a genre in itself. Kind and, of. Yeah, hmm. and there's just these permutations of that lone expert killer <laughs> taking vengeance. Yeah. You know, but it's, um, I don't know, it can be a bit tired, though. It, I guess the issue with doing that is you really need something new to it. And yeah, it the, doesn't the, quite do it. Upping the gore and upping the, I don't know, colourfulness doesn't really wow me anymore. That said, I did enjoy this a lot more than Gunpowder Milkshake, which was sort of the last time I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find this movie's a little bit more, I guess, trying to compensate with um, the visual style and the gore while fully knowing that the story isn't, where it needs to be. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake was exactly the same. Like, it was the same candy-coloured style. It was the same violence. I just found I believed Mary Elizabeth Winstead a lot more than I believed Karen Gillian. Yeah, and I have to say um, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead did a really good job in this movie. I thought, you know, she acted the crap out of it. You know, I believe it's, it. It was the only awesome. thing holding my attention was, like, she was really good. She was excellent. Yeah. 
She certainly held the entire film. I like it. It keeps you watching. And oh, her, guess, her back must be sore. Right. Yeah. And her, her participation in the action sequences I noticed was a little more than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was very impressive uh, what she did, and just the nuances in her acting too. So it was a lot more subtle. It really was, and I sort of also appreciated that, you know, she's a woman who is getting progressively more sick um, as the story goes along, and you can sort of see the weariness. You can sort of see her making that effort to sort of change the way that, you know, the character moves, is struggling to talk or to breathe and gets tired, and um, that also pairs nicely with the job that they've done with all the makeup and her appearance as the film goes on. So oh, yeah, she, she degrades. <laughs> she looks... <laughs> Yeah, she looks freaking, oh, God, very, very sick, but she looks great. And <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 politely. Yes and, yes. and so does the actual visuals of the film. I mean, it, it's uh, oh, the production it's cap- design, the, the look of it, and it sort of I, what it made me consider was how Japan does provide these really great sort of visual landscapes to work in. Uh, whether it's the tight streets or, um, you know, uh, billboards, moving animated neon. billboards on yeah, it yeah, and then the neon. It struck me of kind of like a, a little bit of Blade Runner 2049 with the kind of those use of these kind of neon billboards and stuff, but then down to like the kind of Kill Bill, like where they're in the kind of tea house. Yeah, and all the different then, sort of tight spaces, yeah. Yeah, and they're like yeah, flat and then, white. And mm. then traditional Japanese homes with the yeah. um, rice paper walls and things like that with the grids and sort of, yeah, it it looks really, really nice. And I, I think that also helps you keep watching. Uh, there's no sort of letdown from that. Mm. No, not at all. Otherwise, uh, like I said, you've seen this. If you've seen Crank, you've seen the plot. Like, yeah, it, it, it you know. Yeah, our our hero assassin is has got twenty four hours to live, and a whole lot of vengeance to to dish out, and that's yeah. It. Yeah, I couldn't help but feel. I'm not sure about you two, but um, the look of our of our hero with her shorn hair and her green jacket. Did you get Ripley from Alien? Because I did. I did yeah. get vibes of Sigourney Weaver. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't me. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, but I think it was also her acting. Yes. And uh, just. I don't know, the way she sort of paced the character and responded to things just smacked of, um, yeah, Ripley yeah, yeah, and Sigourney definitely. Weaver. And I, I oh, certainly had those hair, vibes. The by the end of the film. Well, that pushed it over the edge, but yeah. prior to that I was already getting that. It was sort of yeah, like I was going, yeah, this sort of feels a bit familiar. Yeah, and then they go ahead and give her a kid sidekick. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Who might and... be the most annoying character in a film in a really long time. Oh, yeah. Sure, okay. yeah. I, I no, it annoyed the shit out of me. Mm. And if I never have to hear the phrase cancer bitch again in my life, I'll be <laughs> quite happy. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit. Like the most aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she wasn't well set, that character, in terms of even why she was like she was. You, you had mm. a whole lot of exposition for that. Um, there was also this weird, awkward cultural clash concept that didn't work it, it seemed to be disingenuous if they have these moments of 
harassing the West and then, you know, the Japanese culture and having its view of the West and the West of Japanese culture. And it just seemed to sit really awkwardly in there where they brought that in. Yeah, it was a huge disconnect that I don't think they really sort of bridged together very well, particularly because um, one of the characters um, played by Woody Harrelson is the one that's trying to sort of like integrate into Mm. this Japanese culture without really understanding it. And it just, as you say, it sort of comes off quite disingenuous, like it's sort of a surface level um, understanding of Japanese culture when it's really, you know, there's a lot more to it than that and it doesn't come across as very um, genuine in the film. And uh, it was uh, like a base understanding of like, oh, they have honor and stuff. Yes, yeah. or family. Let's roll with that. <laughs> yeah, they they use the theme of family as well, which is you know what they use in the Fast and Furious films. You know, it's like family is everything, and I was just like, oh, for God's sakes, <laughs> is is Vin Diesel going to pop up in this movie? Oh, let's hope not. <laughs> what a crossover! Coming to cinemas, cool here. <laughs> K two. Oh God! <laughs> Pre Kate, I don't know. <laughs> Before Kate, whoa! Settle down, Siri. <laughs> Kate two, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> you even get the uh, on uh, sports cars in it as well. Yeah, you do. Um, and For the one bright, yeah, the, the bright pink bridal car, right? Is that the one that we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, that, that looks, that they, looks cool. they put it on the poster for a scene. Mm. <laughs> I, I liked her reaction to it, but it also shows how she tended to take a very authentic approach to it. So it was, um, yeah, you know, she has this sort of like bit of a startled look when she gets in it, and it all starts yeah. up. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'd freak out too, being like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this." <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't hate it. I think ultimately, like, I do feel like I've seen this movie a couple of times this year. Like, it reminded me so much of the John Wick's Nobody was another movie that basically felt the same. Um, And, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just this new genre that's kind of um, of your no-nonsense protagonists. Maybe it started with Taken. Maybe it's all coming from that kind of... Hmm. And also, um, you have these um, the subgenre also, um, which is like, which is a good thing. Um, more f- um, female assassin um, leads as well. Yeah, I mean, coming back from like Nikita and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Which is something that I'm really happy to start seeing more of. Don't get me wrong. I just wish that maybe it was a better story to, to tell. <laughs> yeah. But that, that said, though, I would. I would happily pay to watch Mary Elizabeth Winstead in another action movie. I thought she was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, she did a tremendous job. I'd love to see her in more action movies. Yeah, please give her all the contracts. Because she was in Birds of Prey was the last thing she did, which was in, um, she was Huntress in uh, the Harley Quinn movie. Ah, okay. Yeah. And she also did quite a fair bit of action in um, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World too, the sort of video game style. Sorry, my cat is (laughs) (laughs) meowing at me. (laughs) It wants something. That's what they do, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, she was in the Thing prequel as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Um, Death death Proof? Yes, Death Proof. Yep, Death Proof as well. So she's sort of getting a bit of a niche in that action 
area. So I, I imagine we're going to see more of her. Yeah. And after that sort of, I guess, physical involvement in this one, I can see her probably keep pushing it further and further. I mean, I don't know whether it's just all the acting and preparation or whether she's actually right into sort of doing those sorts of martial arts and so on, but um, I can certainly see it happening. Kate too, maybe. Another name, Sandra. Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's an enjoyable film. Um, I think away from it, going, well, that was not worth watching whatsoever, but I wouldn't expect a lot more than just a, a mild, entertaining uh, yeah, passing it of the time. It didn't, it didn't yeah. blow my socks off, that's for sure. No. no, it's one of those movies that you can sort of have on in the background and be like, oh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not disappointed I watched it, put it that way. No, not at all. So, Kate, on Netflix, if you want a, uh, a balls-to-the-wall female shoot 'em up Samurai poisoned race car action movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you think that was the premise they wrote up? The pitch. <laughs> no, it just had words in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> a dartboard. Female. Oh, okay, okay. Japan. Oh, there we go. Done. Right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Popped Culture. Our next episode this week is going to be a cult classic, and it's a fun one. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for Kate, and the song at the end was Savage Bitmaster Remix. If you're enjoying the show, please I invite you to jump on our Apple podcast and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to find us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, and we are also available on Instagram.